welcome to the Scam Economy with your host, Matt Bender. Welcome to Scam Economy, everyone. I am your host, Matt Binder, and if you're just coming back from your nice, relaxing summer vacation, like me, no matter what it is you did, you likely had a better summer than the cryptocurrency Web3 NFT space. I know a lot of people have called it crypto winter, but I'm calling it crypto's summer from hell. And I know there's still a few weeks left of summer, but we're headed towards Labor Day. Kids are going back to school. Everyone's getting back into the grind. We're heading into fall. So what better time to look back at some of the bigger stories that happened during the summer that we didn't already cover on this show? Now, there's a lot, and we're obviously not going to get to it all. Like I've said before, I could probably do a daily show And still not be able to cover everything that goes on in this space. But we're going to get to a lot of juicy stories. But before we do that, folks, to support this show, go to patreon.com slash mattbinder and become a paying subscriber if you can. You can also support this show by going to youtube.com slash mattbinder and subscribing to the YouTube channel, twitch.tv slash mattbinder, and follow that Twitch channel, scameconomy.com for all the links to the podcast version of this show. And as always, you can follow me at mattbinder on Twitter and the show itself at Scam Economy on Twitter. Now we have the perfect guest to walk us through some of these crypto summer from hell stories. So let's jump right in. And joining me now to discuss the summer of crypto, I guess we can call it. I know everyone was calling it like crypto winter when it happened because I went like, you know, all the crypto uh, failures and, and plunges in the market were going on. And I know that's usually like the, the terminology for it, but I was like, wouldn't summer from hell fit more, like fit better? I mean, that's basically what it was. But joining me now to talk about whatever you want to call it, crypto winter, summer from hell, is one of my favorite people to have on this show. Developer, longtime Wikipedia editor, and the creator of Web3 is going great, Molly White. Molly, thank you so much for joining me again. Thanks for having me back. Oh my! I mean, literally, like I was just telling you before we we started, how you know I I did something rare I don't usually do. I actually was offline for like half of the month of August, and so I you know I would just you know jump on Twitter every now and then just to see what what the big news was, uh, what's going on with uh, Trump and those classified documents. <laughs> But that's for another podcast. But uh, so when I finally get back home and sit down, I need to catch up on what the hell's been going on in the crypto space. Web3 is going great is is a godsend. It literally just gave me everything I needed to know and and then some, quite frankly. Some of these stories, (laughs) I don't even know how you found them. They're so so ridiculous, some of them. But we're going to actually uh, uh, talk about... A few of the the big ones here on this episode. Now, you know the the beginning of the summer, the headlines were all about, uh, you know, the the crypto lenders that fell, 
shortly after uh, you know the the failure of uh, Terra and Luna and all of these things came together to cause this big crypto crash. And you know I've covered Voyager and Celsius on earlier episodes. Uh, the previous episode of the show I had on Ed Zitron to talk about all of Coinbase's woes. And the insider trading case where someone who worked for Coinbase was passing on insider knowledge and, you know, they were making money off of that. So on this episode, we're going to focus on some of these big stories that sort of broke in the second half of the summer from hell. I'm going to go with that, by the way. I like that better than (laughs) Crypto Winter. And I think the best one to start with is this one that I saw... You personally get yourself wrapped up into uh, because, you know, you so uh, first of all, I should say, no, we're not about to talk. Uh, I'm not about to, like, unveil that Molly White was secretly behind some crypto project and she rug pulled everybody, which would <laughs> honestly make for a really great story. But that's not what happened. Uh, basically, you saw that the farmer bro. Martin Shkreli, is that how you say it? I can't even remember. Shkreli, so I think. Shkreli, yeah. How he got out of jail. For people who don't remember, he was that guy who basically bought. What do you? Do you I don't. Even, I don't even remember his whole story. But he bought some the the like the uh, uh, the trademark or whatever it is for a, a certain uh, drug, and then he increased the price like a hundredfold. Basically, making Just more than that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So the people who needed that medication could no longer afford it. And then all this other financial uh, stuff came out and he ended up going to prison. Um, and then he came back out and, I mean, really, right on right on the nose here, he decided to get into crypto. What happened I think, here? Like, well, I think like the... It was either the night he got out of prison or the next day he was like on Twitter spaces immediately talking about like which shit coins to invest in. It was like very on brand. I think he claimed that he had like a contraband phone in prison that he was using to trade like it was nonsense. But anyway, I think no big shock that uh, he has been drawn to the crypto and Web3 space. Uh, It's just sort of un uh you can't you can't uh resist it it's irresistible i think to to some folks um so he is starting a company that says it is web3 uh not super clear exactly where the web3 part comes in aside from i guess attracting investors um but he is aiming to use crypto to help, I think, finance software that will um, aid in drug discovery, which, in fairness, that part, I think, is useful, the drug discovery part. Um, but there is some token involved somehow, although it's not really clear how. And, you know, the whole thing is all web 3 There's a Discord channel, you know, the whole nine yards. Right, I'm almost, I'm almost uh, sort of conflicted over which is the worse addition to that original, like you mentioned, good idea, new drug discovery. Is it injecting cryptocurrency into that, 
or is it including Martin Shkreli in that? <laughs> Pick your poison, I guess. Right, because whatever he uh, discovers, I'm sure, again, it won't be cheap for the people who would most benefit from that drug. But again, we're talking about the guy who um, I, I think most people are probably familiar uh, with him for basically buying that Wu-Tang uh, album that was never released and like hoarding it for himself. And then, of course... That album was purchased with those uh, funds that he uh, legitimately gained or whatever that sent him to prison. And that Wu-Tang album ended up going on the auction block or something. Yeah, I think so. So, oh, so, dear. so you 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 saw that he I mean, he ha- first of all, he had to like you said, he had to have known about the space if, you know, he was in prison during the whole crypto boom and then for him to get out and immediately, uh, you know, get in get in the space. I mean, he had to have been following it while in prison. I mean, one would assume, <laughs> right, right. Unless like he literally got out and like just like smelled the scheming in the air and just like like a cartoon rat who smells yeah. cheese, just fl- line. yeah, floating in the air towards the crypto scamming ideas. <laughs> So yep. you you see Martin Shkreli out of prison. He's got this Web3 project for drug discovery. And you're like, all right, I got to jump in the Discord channel and see what's going on. And you had interacted with him, right? Yeah. Um, you know, usually when I join Discords to see, you know, if a project gets rug pulled or there's something that looks shady, like I'll hop in the Discord and just watch. You know, I don't usually talk that much. Um, but... There weren't that many people talking in this Discord at that point. There, there weren't that many people in it at all, actually. Um, and someone who was there was asking some good questions about... It was stuff like, you know, how does the token come into play here? Because the website said it was powered by this MSI token, which stands for Martin Shkreli Inu, by the way. It's like Shiba Inu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't create it either. It's like someone created it a fan maybe of Martin Shkreli, which is just an odd thing to find yourself being. Um, But uh, anyway, it said he somehow found this and decided to like take over the token about him. And then, um, you know, wrote on the website that it's powered by Martin Shkreli Inu, but nothing in the actual white paper on the website explains like what the token has to do with anything. Like it doesn't seem to incentivize the, you know, drug discovery, it doesn't seem to be used to maintain any network that is powering this. So anyway, there was a person there asking all these questions. And my biggest curiosity at that point was how Martin Shkreli could start a company like this when he is prohibited from working in the pharma industry. Um, because he was, you know, he, he was, uh, he went through this actual lawsuit, but there was also a, another like civil lawsuit around um, some of his actions with to do with, you know, the hiking up of the drug prices and things like that. And and so he was eventually banned from the pharma industry. And so my question was like, you're starting a company to develop new or to discover compounds that could eventually be developed into new pharmaceuticals. How is that not? you know, a a violation of this order. And so that's what I started asking questions about. And, you know, he started to answer them or sort of answer them. And then um, at some point realized 
that I maintained Web3 is going just great. And he had seen the post on there. And so things got a little heated after that, I would say. Now, we are, I'm looking at the, uh, first of all, I'm actually really distracted by the Martin Shkreli Inu. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he really did it. I mean, like, like most of these projects, he, there, there's nothing behind it. Like, like you mentioned, like there was no fleshed out idea as to why crypto was necessary for this, uh, you know, this drug discovery project or the, 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 the software for, you know, the pharmaceutical platform. Um, and it's just like clear that this is Martin Shkreli uh, doing his thing and uh, looking for the next his next his next play. Um, and so I'm being careful with my wording here uh, because it seems like. Um, Martin Shkreli, um, his, his grand token idea has already, uh, come to a end. It hasn't come to an end, but it has hit a pretty serious speed bump, I think is probably how I would put it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the token still exists. You know, it, it hasn't been wound down or anything like that. But uh, yeah, shortly after the project was announced, Martin Shkreli claimed that his crypto wallet had been hacked and someone had stolen all of his Martin Shkreli Enu tokens, <laughs> which they uh, sold off for, I think it was like $400,000 or something like that. I, I don't even... I... I mean, that's a lot of money for a guy so, who just came out of prison and just threw this bullshit project together. And you, you even said there wasn't that many people in the Discord. And this was this was how much time passes between him getting out of prison and uh, his wallet is, uh, quote unquote, hacked. <laughs> Let me just double check. Uh, the hack happens on August 12th. Um, so, you know, two weeks ago or so, and the project launched on, oops. I mean, it's, it's gotta be July 25th. Yeah. So that's a it was very... like three weeks between the launch and the hack. The dude made almost half a, well, uh, whoever. Uh, sold off those because all right, I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. Because all right, so so let's set the stage here. So you know, you you go, you, Martin Shkreli out of prison. Qu quick recap: Martin Shkreli out of prison, immediately launches some Web three project. You see it, jump in the Discord, start asking him questions about it because it makes no sense. Because of course it doesn't make any sense. The Web three project run by Martin Shkreli. Uh, he quickly finds out that you are the creator of one of the largest crypto critical, I'm not even going to say one of the largest crypto critical website on the planet. And he immediately, I guess he changes his demeanor towards you and um, uh, I guess stops answering your questions. Yeah, he, he mostly just got really mad that he didn't think I asked for his side of the story, which is kind of a weird thing to accuse you of when I was literally sitting there asking for his side of the story. But right. um, and this is before this is before there's anything potentially well we are dealing with crypto but this is before anything for his specific project 
Again, we're dealing with Martin Shkreli, but this is before <laughs> anything is obviously or blatantly a scheme or scam or something shady going on here. At this point, it's just he announces the project and you're interested in finding out more. And I was curious mostly about how he planned to pull this off with the restriction from the pharmaceutical industry. But um, right. Yes. <laughs> right. So he's immediately turned off by your questioning once he finds out who you are. And then fast forward. Did you hear anything about this project in the span between uh, your back and forth with him and then his wallet being hacked? No, I pretty much immediately forgot it ever happened. <laughs> Wait, you mean you mean chatting with Martin Shkreli in a Discord wasn't one of the highlights of your month? <laughs> yeah, no. They they actually had configured the Discord poorly and so they hadn't turned off the thing where you can like ping everyone in the server all at once. And so I left the server like the next day because I because people kept doing that and it was really annoying. So I was like, ah. I hate this, and I just left. So I was not, you know, I, I didn't even know what was going on in the Discord. Like I had no idea. You know, it really does make sense that crypto people flock to Discord because it really is one of the worst platforms I've ever seen. It's pretty brutal, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I have a Discord because um, early on when I started my own Patreon page, everyone told me, oh. Everyone loves the idea you connect your Discord to your Patreon, and they'll people will talk in there. But I, I, I think the platform's such a mess. I never, I, yeah. I never. I always tell people I'll, I promise I'll use it, and I always sadly break that promise because the second I go in there, I'm like, where is everything? I hate this. Why doesn't it work like a easy to manage uh, platform in the year 2022? Like, why does it got to look like that? Why does it got to act this way? It's yeah, amazing. I, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Discord, but I agree. And I, I join a lot of Discords for these different projects, and I try to leave them as quickly as I can because the crypto-focused Discords are particularly terrible. Right. It's all honestly, honestly, I would respect it if I find out that the whole thing was purposely set up that way, so it was all just easily hackable to screw over all those crypto projects that get there because their Discords hacked. I mean, I would respect that. <laughs> I mean, it's it was like a hundred in a month. That discords were hacked. Uh, I think in July. It's 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 so weird that a that's able to happen so easily on Discord, and then b it just seems to uh, most frequently affect the crypto discords. I mean, yeah. Hmm. Why could that be? Right, but but back to Shkreli. So fast forward those two weeks since your interaction with him, and uh, someone uh, allegedly. Again, being very careful here because um, I believe he's uh, doesn't uh, he he's uh, he's very liberal with his threats of litigation. Is that correct? So I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> so allegedly, his wallet was hacked, and his Martin Shkreli Inu was allegedly stolen, and that. Martin Shkreli Inu was allegedly swapped by whomever allegedly stole it for close to half a million dollars. Yep. I, I, you know, Molly, um, I, I need to stop doing this show and I need to get involved in some of these crypto scams. I'm telling you, I think about it weekly that I'm just going to disappear suddenly and that's that's what will have happened. Listen, I just I'm not I'm not I'm not a greedy person. 
I just need one hacked Martin Shkreli wallet for half a mil, and I'd be happy. I mean, really, I wouldn't need to. Like some of these guys get so greedy, and they just million dollar hack after million dollar hack after multi million dollar hack. You got like the the you know the 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 great Bitfinex heist where you know billions. It's like just 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 you know take take enough where you can live comfortably uh and never which for me uh is honestly not that much <laughs> um and never have to work again and you know that's... and just sign off the internet forever that's right. that's exactly what you should do yeah yeah um so it, it what do we know about this hack allegedly <laughs> well shkreli uh came out the next day that it happened and said i've been hacked you know my wallet was cracked or whatever. Uh, and people immediately started going, okay, what happened? And he gave a lot of detail on what reportedly happened, which was that he downloaded a torrent uh, of pornography. <laughs> he gave out the name of it, which is very funny to me. Um, if, if you don't want to read it, I will because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have it on my screen, but it was something like big tits, round asses. <laughs> oh, your memory is quite good. <laughs> it's seared in there. <laughs> right. But it's specifically, I mean, I guess I, we should look up exactly who this performer is. Someone named Jasmine, J-A-Z-M-Y-N. Yeah. I mean, and it seems like it, it, it might not be a, a, uh, a new, uh, I don't know what the date, uh, how the dating is on this. I guess it's a European, but um, it's it's labeled seventeen point twelve point fourteen. So it's either December from December seventeenth two thousand fourteen or December fourteenth two thousand seventeen. I don't know. I had the exact same thought, and I was like, "Is he catching up from when he was in prison?" Like. <laughs> And maybe no one's told him that you can just stream pornography now. <laughs> like, we live in the future. <laughs> Wait, where was he downloading this torrent from? It's a great question. Um, but maybe, anyway, he... Maybe, maybe maybe 2017 is the most recent like video from Pirate Bay or something. <laughs> They've just stopped bothering. <laughs> yeah. They don't even upload them anymore. But uh, anyway, so, you know, he claimed that that was what had happened and he immediately started offering to, you know, send everyone the logs and the file and everything. And he was like, I'm making all these reports to these agencies. And he sort of went on the defensive really quickly. Like, could you how could anyone believe that I would pull off a scam against myself? You know, this is my project. Why would I hurt my own project and all of this stuff? Um, But it sure does look a little shady, doesn't it? (laughs) Allegedly, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I almost, I almost feel like he was announcing this stuff like out loud and recording it while he was doing it. Like, oh, I am downloading a torrent on Pirate yes. Bay. Oh, big tits, round asses, Jasmine, download. Oh no, what is this? A remote access Trojan. Oh no, wallet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's just such a detailed story, I guess, you know, and, and no apparent shame around the, uh, the, the torrent itself, which, you know, more power to him, you know, it's good to be sex positive. <laughs> I, I, I got, yeah, I gotta say that that part of it is the most relatable of Martin Shkreli's ever been, probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe he's just trying to, you know, make himself seem more relatable to like the everyday guy. <laughs> right, right. What would these what would these crypto degens be doing? Oh, of course, downloading porn. Yep. <laughs> so it, it seems like uh, somebody. Um, I am going to wildly uh, speculate that um, I'm going to be careful here that it, this story isn't exactly how uh, it didn't go down exactly how we're being told, but someone walked away with half a million dollars from a project that Martin Shkreli basically uh, created out of thin air in a three week time span. Something like that. Yep, it, it sure seems that way. Um, I, I just don't know what to do anymore. It's really... <laughs> yeah. He also, um, shortly after the hack, got on a phone call with the streamer Destiny and screamed at him for a while about uh, Destiny questioning whether or not Shkreli might have been behind the hack. He was very upset about that. Uh, uh, that's okay. to watch. <laughs> All right, I, I will have to watch that. I'll have to uh, put it on my catch up on Destiny playlist right after I guess his uh, hangout with Nick Fuentes. <laughs> yeah, right. Super enjoyable guy. You know, I was just watching Destiny like I do, and you know, and just happened to stumble across it. Of course. Right, right, right. <laughs> but again, I got another podcast for this. Which, by the way, you need to you need to come on that podcast too because <laughs> I mean, really, a lot of overlap here. There is uh, a lot of overlap. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, quick question. I, I know you started a uh, Patreon, uh, Welcome to the Club, over the past couple of weeks. I'm guessing around maybe the same time as Martin Shkreli's project launched, right? Um, it, you, did you make a half a mil from your Patreon uh, yet, Molly? <laughs> yeah, there's this one donor, <laughs> Shartan Shkreli. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, I I gotta say that would be the ultimate way to like really um, hide your tracks, right? I mean, find your biggest hater and just send them like a large portion of your heist. Keep enough for yourself that it made it worth it, but send them a portion of your heist, and then you can say, "Look at this! I would never send. Why would I send money to Molly White, who was just tearing my project to shreds just a few weeks ago?" <laughs> Maybe he'll frame me for it. <laughs> right. Listen, uh, if she anyone seems really would... interested in all these crypto scams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, if anyone would like to frame uh, me or Molly for any crypto scam and would like us to hold your crypto uh, uh, heist uh, holdings, uh, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to do so. I'll <laughs> make a it... crypto wallet for you. Yeah. I'll send it my way. a whole one. <laughs> Send it my way. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I guess we're going to have to uh, keep an eye out for Martin Shkreli in this space, which, uh, yeah, uh, could be fun. Could be depressing after a while. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah. Well, he's reported he's report. He, according to him, he has reported this to every agency possible. You know, the FBI, their cyber crimes unit, you know, all these different investigators. So I am very curious to hear if and how that actually concludes. Right. I, I, I'm sure he's I'm sure he is definitely reported to them all, including the Martin Shkreli Inu Investigation Bureau. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! All right, let's let's move on from Shkreli because there's still so much to talk about, uh, you know. Uh, and you know, summer's coming to an end, 
And I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I wanted to make a segue here, but then I realized that I'm messing. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing my my natural disasters. I was going to talk about hurricane season, but we're talking about tornado cash. <laughs> It was almost a segue. <laughs> I was close, right? I was close. <laughs> Honestly, their little logo looks more like the a hurricane than a tornado. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, so, so let's talk about Tornado Cash because if if you were familiar with Tornado Cash before August of 2022, you probably knew of it as a crypto tumbler, whatever that is, and. Basically, uh, for most people, the understanding there is that these crypto tumblers are great for robberies and crypto scams if you want to hide your tracks and basically take that crypto from your wallet that you, you know, that crypto that you had stole that was in your wallet, mash it all up all over the place. That's how I, that's how I imagined it. And uh, all of a sudden it comes out uh, nice and laundered for you. Uh, just like if you put it in a nice washing machine. Um, so, so, so Molly, what, what, what happened with tornado cash post July 31st, 2022? <laughs> yeah. So tornado cash was recently added to the U S sanctions list. Um, it's, you know, sort of an interesting, uh, first, I think where it's basically, you know, a bunch of Ethereum addresses all added to the sanctions list with sort of no identifiable individual, uh, behind it or, or even group really behind it. Um, but you know, basically the U S came out and said that because of the use of tornado cash in facilitating, uh, crimes, especially by countries like North Korea, uh, they were going to just sanction the whole dang thing. <laughs> um, cause we've seen, you know, we've seen in, in the wake of like the Axie infinity hack, which, you know, is believed to have been perpetrated by the Lazarus group, which is, you know, a North Korean state sponsored hacking group. Um, you know, they laundered a, a ton of money through tornado cash. And, you know, it's not the only time that, um, you know, enormous criminal operations have done that. So, uh, you know, I think they're they're sort of trying to crack down on that. And it's been very interesting to watch the sanctions sort of uh, ripple effects. Right. Now, what was the legitimate uses for Tornado Cash? Like, that's what I've, I always wondered, like, okay, uh, this is a pretty big uh, uh, you know, platform people. I I hear a lot about it, and it's almost always people trying to like hide their tracks. That can't be why it was set up, could it? It actually can, um, <laughs> because with crypto, you know, with Bitcoin or Ethereum or these other uh, popular blockchains, you know, everything you do on chain is public. So, you know, if you send crypto from one place to the other, anyone who knows your wallet address can see what you're doing. And so people who want even just a semblance of privacy basically have to launder their own money, even if it's nothing criminal. They just want, you know, to have a little bit more privacy about where their wallets are. You know, if, if, if you have one crypto wallet that everyone knows, you know, it's like molly.eth or whatever. Everyone knows that that's my wallet and I want to oh, have some it? other wallet. Yeah, oh, is yeah it? definitely. You should send it money. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, some that's some, where Martin Shkreli can send the, uh, <laughs> the proceeds of wait, his alleged. Really, is that really? Do you really have that? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm about to say because whoever does is about to get 
a windfall from the scam economy audience of roughly three dollars i'm sure yeah they're combined <laughs> crypto holdings with the scam economy audience um yeah so anyway you know if, if you have a, a wallet that everyone knows belongs to you and then you want to have some other crypto wallet that's not quite as public you know people have to basically do money laundering to fund that other wallet without it being extremely obvious that that's what they're doing um, so, you know, there are some legitimate uh, use cases for Tornado Cash, but I think the majority of the volume, especially if you go by the monetary amounts, is criminal activity. You know, I, I have to say, like, you know, and, and this conversation comes up a lot whenever the the few but extremely loud group of people who consider themselves to be like blockchain lefties uh, come out and talk about crypto and, and, and like this always really bothered me. Like I'm a advocate for, for, uh, you know, uh, privacy. People should have the ability to do things, um, you know, and not be, you know, online in their life, have autonomy over themselves and what they do and not be judged by it from people finding out or whatever. I, I fully agree with that in everything but finance. Because there is zero reason for any sort of privacy in your financial matters. Now, if you don't want to tell someone how much you make or whatever, how much you have in your bank account, you could do that. You know, that's not, that's not sub- what we're talking about here. We're talking about the ability to hide how much you hold from a, your, your assets from a government body. And the only reason to ever do that is if you are doing something illegal, in my opinion. I mean, I really can't think of a possible use case. Like, what would, like, someone who, like, some working class, everyday American citizen want to hide their meager salary earnings from? Like, there's no reason for it. Like, the everyday person has no need to hide that. Like... Um, you know, I think it's just, that's just my, my, my view on the whole matter. I don't know. I don't know where you stand on that. Yeah, I disagree on that. I mean, I do think that everyone should have, you know, some right to privacy, even with finance. Um, you know, I think for better or for worse, you know, the, um, system that we have today, you know, it's in the attempts to crack down on money laundering. It actually has very little privacy uh, compared to, you know, the rest of our lives. Um, and I think there are reasons that people, you know, want to keep their finances private, including from the government. You know, if they are associated with uh, activist groups, for example, that they're donating money to that might be, you know, not not uh, the favorites of the government, you know, if they are, you um, you know, if they frequent sex workers, for example, and, and that is something that banks sometimes frown upon, even if the actual activity isn't illegal. So, you know, I think there's are, you know, there are good arguments to be made for financial privacy. But um, I, and this is actually something where I sort of haven't quite figured out my own opinions on this. I know this is a very controversial thing to say, to say that I don't have a strong opinion on something on the Internet. Um, but, you know, the the uh I, I do think that um, the the level to which you know you are allowed financial privacy, the monetary amounts is is sort of an odd uh, situation where you know you can have financial privacy up until a certain amount, uh, you know, as far as cash transfers and things like that. You know that that doesn't 
raise any red flags. But then at a certain level, you sort of lose your financial privacy and you start to have to report things. Um, and, you know, I think that's kind of an odd scenario, you know, where it's like you can have a little bit as a treat, but, uh, you know, the, the larger transactions are, are fully surveilled. So I don't know. I, I see some arguments in both directions um, and I haven't fully decided where I stand on it. Right. No, that's uh, that we're, we're not here to, to I agree with you on the the sex worker point. I think that was a really good point that I, I was overlooking. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, even activist groups have to file their taxes. Right. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, so so back to uh, tornado cash. Um, I mean, what was the reaction from the crypto uh, community? Because I, I feel like uh was was there a i mean obviously they probably were upset that uh a crypto uh uh platform period was being uh subjected to the sanctions list but i do wonder if people who do care about the legitimacy of crypto um were sort of maybe even quietly or maybe saying it loudly too i i missed again i i was i missed the reaction to this um, we're, we're sort of happy that, um, a platform pretty much almost solely, um, based on nefarious usage of crypto was, was sort of, uh, kaput. Yeah, I think there was maybe a little bit of that, but I would say that overall the, the sentiment was pretty negative. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of concern around, the actual enforcement of the sanctions and what that would look like. Um, because, you know, the the sanctions list had a number of Ethereum wallet addresses associated with it. Um, but obviously, you know, you can create a new Ethereum wallet in a second. And so, you know, there were some questions around, like, are people going to be expected to proactively identify Ethereum wallets or, or other crypto wallets that are associated with Tornado Cash? You know, if is anyone who ever has is anyone who has ever interacted with one of the sanctioned wallets going to be like retroactively punished? Um, you know, what, what exactly are the ramifications of this going to be? So it was definitely an interesting discussion, I think. Um, and we, you know, in the ensuing days and weeks, we, we sort of saw things get pretty weird <laughs> around Tornado Cash where um, different projects started shutting down um, you know, access to those wallets. There was a project that started to sort of shut down uh, access to those secondary sort of uh, second level wallets that had interacted with the Tornado Cash Ethereum wallets, which ended up having an enormous uh, unintended consequence of restriction, restricting the access of like a ton of people to their platform, um, because especially because some people had started using Tornado Cash to send small amounts of Ether to notable figures in crypto as sort of a weird protest. Um, so it was, it was a weird couple of days, couple of weeks there, for sure. And then I saw that the, the uh, developer of Tornado Cash was arrested? Yeah, so uh, I think it was the Dutch authorities arrested a developer of Tornado Cash. And that's been kind of a weird incident because it's not exactly clear why he was arrested. Um, the, the statement was pretty vague uh, and it, it wasn't clear if he was arrested, you know, just for writing the code 
um, or if he had been sort of more actively facilitating some of the money laundering. Um, but it definitely started to raise a lot of questions around, you know, can you be arrested for writing code that someone else uses to commit a crime? Or, you know, does it have to be you that actually commits or facilitates that crime? Um, which is, you know, a very interesting question just in general. Right. Yes, absolutely. It would be interesting to see what, what comes out of that. I'm going to I'm going to uh, make a, uh, uh, based on what I think, is that uh, from the little knowledge I have of it, I'm just reading the um, the quote here on, on your website uh, that they put out. The um, con- uh, Netherlands Fiscal Information Investigation Service said this developer was suspected of involvement in concealing criminal financial flows and facilitating money laundering. It seems like to me from that statement, um, at least my read of it is that it, it sounds like there is something more direct going on there. Um, I could be wrong. They could be, you know, uh, putting a statement. The, 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 their wording could could be different um, in their like interpretation of it. But it does seem like it's just not like you know he set up tornado cash and put it out there and other people used it. It seems like this person uh, knowingly was involved with something here. Yeah, it's possible. Although I I also think, you know, if they had a very clear case that he had been like, you know, himself laundering money for North Korea or something, they probably would have just come out and said that. But right. That's um, another point. Yeah. Yeah. It's but it's interesting. And there's definitely a lot of complexities around it, too, where, you know, if you're actually running one of the tornado relays, which, you know, is is required for the whole system to work, um, even if you don't put any criminal funds in or, you know, if you're not using it for illicit activity yourself, you do actually earn crypto for running those relays. And so you are in a way profiting from the activity that's happening through those nodes. And so there's sort of a question of like, could someone themselves be, uh, you know, face enforcement actions if they continued to run a tornado relay and, and things like that. It's, it's, it's sort of uh, uncharted territory, I think, that will be interesting to watch. Right. I'm like trying to quickly read any updates that came out about it. It was interesting. This is, I mean, this could be, depending on which which uh, way it goes here in terms of what this person was involved with specifically. This could definitely be 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 wild, depending on that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about. I'm seeing. If, oh, the developer in jail for 90 days. That was the ruling. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out on that as well. Let's now talk about oh, this. This is perfect because this this perfectly sort of this story, while not connected directly to Tornado Cash, is another crypto platform accused of wrongdoing by a government body. And in this specific case, it's it's almost a little bit funny because um, apparently the company that acquired them all of a sudden is saying that they actually did not acquire them. (laughs) Uh, So earlier this month, an Indian cryptocurrency exchange called, geez, I don't know how to pronounce this, Wazir X? Is that how you pronounce it? Sounds right. (laughs) All right, I'll go. It could also be Wazirix. (laughs) So India froze their assets because – under the suspicion that this platform was 
enabling money laundering. And so at the time, it was reported that Binance, which is the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, uh, had acquired them. So this was actually an Indian subsidiary of Binance. At the time, that's what we thought. Now, Binance comes out and <laughs> says that, hey, we, we actually uh, do not claim ownership over Wazarex anymore. What? Yeah, and they had like published, Binance had published a blog post and everything about, you know, we've got this new crypto exchange operating in India. And then they went back and they like edited the blog post to be like, just so we're clear, you know, we, I forget what they said exactly, but they were, they were like, we do a little bit of stuff with them, but we don't actually operate them. And then um, the, the guy who actually runs the exchange, you know, in India, was basically like, yes, you do own us, you know? And so there was this sort of fight between CZ and uh, CZ being the Binance uh, founder and CEO uh, and this, you know, the guy who is leading the X exchange saying like, you own us. No, we don't own you. And going back and forth on it, which definitely makes you question what is going on there uh, because it doesn't seem like a good way to run a business if no one's sure who owns the business. Right, right. I mean, I almost feel like should print up uh, some T-shirts with that blog post uh, uh, headline on Binance that says Binance acquires India's leading digital asset platform, Wazarex. <laughs> uh, on the last, yeah, episode... like it couldn't be more explicit than in the title of the blog post. And then they're like, no, 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 I don't, I don't understand why you would say that. <laughs> right. Right. On the last episode of the show, uh, I, I had joked with Ed Zitron about because we did a Coinbase episode about how they were listing securities, according to the SEC. And we had said, we were jo I, I said how I should print up a scam economy shirt that says exactly what this Coinbase blog post says, which is the title is Coinbase does not list securities. End of story. <laughs> yeah, I've actually joked about printing up a, a, a T-shirt from Coinbase as well that says there is no risk of bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Coinbase came out and said that and everyone was like, why would you say that? <laughs> it's and I'm pretty sure that that, you know, that, that headline is just like it, it's just like that. um that ongoing online joke about how like oh my my shirt about uh what's it like uh, uh human trafficking it sure brings up a lot of questions about my involvement in human trafficking <laughs> that are already answered by my shirt yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah oh, it's like i do not partake in human trafficking shirt yeah yeah that's it yeah <laughs> Oh, you know, my God. Yeah, so there's a little update at the top of their Binance Acquires Wazirx uh, blog post uh, to say that the quote-unquote acquisition was limited to an agreement to purchase certain assets and intellectual property, which is not what most people would call an acquisition. <laughs> That's very odd. Yes. Now, I wonder if this was uh, A- not true or b actually true but the original post is just another example of a crypto company uh greatly exaggerating something in order to sound like they are doing something bigger than they are actually doing 
Yeah. The one thing that makes me really question it is, well, a sort of long history of somewhat shady behavior on behalf of Binance, um, which was most recently apparent in a sudden and unexplained blog post by an executive at uh, Binance who came out and said that scammers were using uh, deep fakes to impersonate him, which it, it's like I, I am still waiting to hear what news story he's trying to front run with that because it sounds exactly like that's what he's trying to do. Um, but basically he was saying that uh you know, people had been, t- you know, had been contacting him about these meetings that he had supposedly had with them about listing their tokens. And he was obviously unaware of these meetings. And he concluded that someone had been using a, quote, AI hologram uh, to scam people. But he wasn't clear at all on, like, what the actual scam was, like, where the theft was happening or, you know, how... The biggest question really is how someone was actually doing this, because to date, you know, deep fakes are primarily used in like pre-recorded videos that are published to YouTube of like Elon Musk, you know, pretending to say that he'll double your Bitcoin. Um, you know, the technology hasn't really progressed or we haven't really heard about it progressing to the point where people can have live conversations on like a video chat where they're impersonating a person convincingly. So, you know, that would be kind of a bombshell revelation if someone has managed to do that and to do what? To to just talk to people about Binance listings? Like, that doesn't sound right. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious about what's going on there as well. Right. Um, Coincidentally, there was just a robbery at the Bank of America around the corner from my apartment. And uh, there might be some video out there that looks like me entering the vault, but it's <laughs> right. become I, – I've recently become aware that someone has used the technology from James Cameron's hit motion picture avatar to create an entire model of my body, and they use that to then go in and rob that bank. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so – it just it's like one of those explanations that's a little too detailed, you know, and a little too out there that it really makes you start to wonder what's really going on. Right. Right. Uh now 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 you uh, I don't I'm thinking about Avatar because I I just came back from from Disney World and I went on the Avatar ride. Not because I, I remember know. that movie at all because nobody remembers that movie. <laughs> I immediately was imagining, you know, Princess Leia, and that's a very comical uh, thing to imagine someone falling for. <laughs> but right. I don't know oh, why you said right. a hologram. Like, that makes me picture that they're, like, projecting a real 3D person into a seat sitting in front of a webcam to have this conversation, which seems like a lot more work than <laughs> would actually be necessary. But maybe it's just a wording thing. I don't know. Right. I feel, I feel like it would have been more convincing if he just went, like... Uh, you were not talking to me about uh, using, uh, listing your Binance, uh, your coins on Binance, doing some yeah. sort of Jedi mind trick hand wave, you know? Right. Uh, that would be more believable than the hologram. <laughs> or just like wearing the, the the glasses with the mustache attached, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Right. We just happened to be playing a game of that 3D version of chess and the Millennium Falcon and uh, <laughs> talking about Binance coin listings. It wasn't me, though. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but speaking of um, uh, companies that uh, like to exaggerate a bit, um, this news just came out today, and you had actually DM'd it to me because uh, I think you knew I would enjoy <laughs> reading the latest updates here. But uh, something new is going on with helium. Um, what's what's what? Uh, I don't even remember if I even talked about helium on the show yet, actually. <laughs> uh, but what's going on with helium? Well, besides the uh, bombshell reporting of your own, they today I think just came out with an announcement that they are going to be moving away from the special helium blockchain that they've been using to date. Um, and they will be porting over their token that's used to reward people for mining, you know, for providing these uh, helium uh, hotspots to the Solana blockchain. Uh, and then they will just be doing away with the actual blockchain components of the rest of the network, pretty much, which um, is sort of a predictable effect of using blockchains for things that require you know, fast transactions or, you know, quick processing times because blockchains are notoriously slow and inefficient. And so they've started to say that they're going to just do those uh, with oracles, quote unquote, which is really just a, a fancy blockchain-y way of saying using a traditional database uh, and then, you know, sort of uploading those results where necessary. Hmm. So blockchain company decides that blockchain not necessary for its internal uh, systems, I guess. Right. They are basically they're keeping the part where they give tokens to people so that they will feel the need to buy these expensive hotspots. But besides that, there will be no proof of coverage, I think is what they called it. Um, you know, and, and various other parts of their network will be moving to much more uh, reasonable, I would say, implementations. Right. I always wondered why, like all these crypto companies, like all the big exchanges, like why don't they run like uh, their internal databases, their uh, in, like their their uh, their employer direct employee directories, all their internal communications? Why isn't it all just run on the blockchain if the blockchain's so great? <laughs> yeah, it turns out it's great for attracting venture capitalists and retail investors, but it doesn't work so well for actually processing data or, uh, you know, doing anything particularly quickly or cheaply. Uh, so they're going to try to use Solana for the actual tokens, which should be interesting because Solana has a pretty big reputation for being extremely slow. Uh, it, it tends to get very clogged up uh, at times and, and things sort of just grind to a halt over there. So that could be a little bit of a speed bump for our friends over at Helium, but I guess we'll see how that goes. Right. Maybe they should, uh, you know, just like how uh, scooters don't do so well over speed bumps, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I should say that I, I did uh, have a, a Helium episode on this show, just so people could go back and check it out with Ida Liron Shapiro on the show. And we talked about his own helium findings. And uh, actually, that's the episode that led me down that path of of going, hey, wait a minute, what's this? This doesn't make Something any sense. Something doesn't seem right here. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone should go check out that episode. And so still, still, I mean, we could literally talk for 
hours and hours and hours, which I would love to do, but I'm sure you don't want to sit here and do that. But, <laughs> but I do want to talk about one more thing because speaking of breaking news, um, you know, we're talking uh, the final day of August 2022. And, you know, um, there's still a few more weeks of summer, but no one considers summer to be after Labor Day. Like summer ends this weekend, whether you like it or not. Uh, Gotta stop wearing white. Yes, yes. People, kids go back to school. Uh, Most people's vacations wrap up. Uh, So, you know, uh, summer's coming to an end, and it got one last big story on this no good summer for crypto. And that is, uh, I think, uh, everyone's, I don't know if I should say favorite, because I know the Bitcoin maxis love him. Or least favorite, because everyone else does not love him, uh, Michael Saylor, formerly of MicroStrategy, uh, it just came out today that the D.C. Attorney General is suing both him and the company that he was formerly CEO of, which he just resigned of from earlier this month, is being he's the chairman su- now, though, he's so he's a, still okay. with the company, right? But- yeah. So so they're they're being sued for tax evasion. And some of these details I was reading are incredible. Yeah. Uh, would you like to uh, get into that for us, Molly? Yeah. So Michael Saylor uh, lives in D.C. This is well known, uh, but has been claiming that he lives in Florida, uh, despite the fact that his company knows full well that he lives in D.C., Uh, He's been paying taxes or not paying taxes uh, as though he is a Florida resident and Florida doesn't have personal income tax. So it's kind of a it's like a tax haven within the U.S. almost for people who who don't want to pay as much in taxes. So Michael Saylor reportedly has just skipped out on about twenty five million dollars in taxes that he owes to this, you know, to to D.C. uh, with the aid of MicroStrategy, who has basically helped him cover up the fact that he's not been living in D.C. And so the attorney general filed charges or rather sued uh, Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy for this. And they're hoping that they'll be able to extract over $100 million from him and MicroStrategy, both in the unpaid taxes and in penalties. So I am very interested to watch this, especially because Michael Saylor has explicitly talked about using Bitcoin to evade taxes. Right. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because why why wouldn't a guy like Michael Saylor, who's clearly very wealthy, um, why why wouldn't he just live in Florida if he really wanted to avoid those personal income taxes? Like why – why? Like, I feel like there is that dynamic of, and we were talking about it earlier with, you know, uh, privacy when it comes to, um, you know, finances. Like, I feel like it's almost explicitly at some times from some of these guys to explicitly feel like they're, 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 they're bucking the system. It's not even just like avoid. I mean, when you're talking this much money, I'm sure it is also avoiding paying the, the, the income taxes. But I mean, he could have just lived in florida like there was no it wasn't like micro strategy was like uh mr sailor if you're going to continue working here you need to come into the office in dc every day like no like no one would have cared yeah i mean maybe he cared a lot about being in the office or who knows you know i mean i could see why he would want to be living where his company is based but 
yeah, you kind of can't uh, have your cake and eat it too. I think with that particular one, like you, you either got to move or you got to pay your taxes. <laughs> right, right. But you know, apparently in his mind, Bitcoin was the dream strategy. And you know, despite bragging about how wealthy he is and how much Bitcoin he holds and how you can use Bitcoin to apparently evade your taxes, uh, it doesn't appear that that has actually worked out so well in practice. Yes, it has not for Michael Saylor. And to give people a little bit of a background of who Michael Saylor is, now, like, MicroStrategy has been around for a long time, right? It was like a legit, uh, from my understanding, like a legit software company in the like uh, early days of mm -hmm. uh, like the, the internet, I guess, like the 90s and everything. I have no idea what they did. D do you? Uh, what kind of software they they had? I know. Yeah, I mean. I think most people know of MicroStrategy today because it is basically a company that Michael Saylor uses to buy Bitcoin. Exactly. Uh, like, you know, the past couple of years, he's basically taken the company and, you know, it's a public company. And so people almost invest, you know, they will basically buy MicroStrategy stocks as a way of getting exposure to Bitcoin, which is absolutely bananas. Like, that is just a wild thing to do. Like, I could not, uh, when I heard about this, I could not believe this was a legit thing going on where this company basically abandoned everything they did that got them to become a publicly traded company that got them to that point and they were just like oh our company is basically now just like a shell for buying bitcoin and holding it and people are investing in us uh, yeah uh, like on the stock market they're buying shares and and i think a lot of people know him for famously saying at the peak of the bitcoin prices uh when it hit like 69k he was like, sell off your, you know, uh, remortgage your home, sell off everything you own and buy Bitcoin right now. Yeah. And, you know, if you did that, you are uh, I would first question why the fuck would you do that <laughs> based on Michael Saylor's advice? And number two, you would be down what? Geez, like uh, I want to say like almost 75 percent. I'm doing the math really quickly in my head. I'm probably a little bit. Yeah, high, it's between it's two thirds and 75 percent. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, needless to say, Michael Saylor has lost a, a fair amount of money on Bitcoin, but uh seems like he may lose a little bit more to taxes. You know, I think I think he did get in early enough on Bitcoin that he's probably not fully, fully underwater, but he's certainly not doing as well as he was before. And, you know, he recently was he recently stepped down as the CEO of MicroStrategy, um, which, you know, his telling of the story is that he wants to be able to focus on Bitcoin more and, you know, be all Bitcoin all the time. And so he's going to you know, basically give up his CEO duties and become chairman so that he's able to do that. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So his, so basically, uh, running a company whose sole purpose is to buy Bitcoin was distracting him from buying Bitcoin? <laughs> Evidently, there's just a lot of like pesky CEO things that you have to do that he doesn't want to have to do anymore so that he can just think about Bitcoin all day, every day. Uh, but I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that uh, MicroStrategy reported a $918 million impairment charge on their Bitcoin holdings in their Q2 report, which Ouch. 
Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's... actually, he uh, in that same interview where he said that you should mortgage your house and buy Bitcoin, you should sell all your stuff and buy Bitcoin. He also suggested that people convince the CEOs and the boards of directors of their companies to put their treasuries into Bitcoin. So ah. really hope no one uh, followed his <laughs> advice. But he clearly was uh, trying to do that. Oh, my God. I mean, these guys, I just, you know, I just don't. I don't even know anymore what to say. Like, uh, I, I, the, the people who get attracted to this space, I mean, I don't, it's like the, I would not trust a single person who's a, bit, a Bitcoin or crypto person automatically thinking something is, is odd there. Something is, they got something in the back of their head they're not telling you about. That's their true motive. Um, cause you know, why else would you tell people to sell off everything and invest in Bitcoin at its peak? I mean, you could say he didn't know it was at the peak, but clearly he knew they were getting, it was getting to a point where new money needed to come in. Otherwise, uh, things would start going down. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you answered your own question. You know, why does he convince everyone to buy Bitcoin? Because he has Bitcoin. And so the more people who buy Bitcoin, the better he does. Right. Right. Well, Molly. Thank you so much for joining me tonight to catch me up on everything that happened during the this second half of the summer of hell 2022. I feel like I should print up like tour t-shirts for crypto people. Uh, that would actually uh, be really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the crypto summer of hell 2022. And you can With put the, in like the band fonts all the companies that have collapsed. <laughs> right, and all the, the tour dates could be the major days where something happened. Holy you got to start shit. selling merch. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Got to get my. Got to make a list. Got to get my Coinbase. Uh, we don't sell <laughs> securities T-shirt. Got to print up the Summer of Hell crypto shirt. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my. I think I actually got to do that one now. Actually, it's pretty good. I'll buy one. Oh <laughs> uh, hell yeah! There we go. That's the big. That's the that's the biggest customer I need. The number one. Crypto critic influencer right here, Molly White, gonna wear my T-shirt. Hell yeah, I'm gonna print it up. Uh, Molly, speaking of uh, all the wonderful things that uh, you do, earlier on I mentioned how you know all the I mentioned Web three is going great. Obviously, mention that all the time because it's fantastic. I mentioned how you got uh, a new Patreon and that you just started up a Patreon, but I didn't mention where people can find it. Where can people find your Patreon? It's uh, patreon.com slash Molly White. Perfect. And Spelled normally, not with all the numbers and letters. <laughs> I was about to say, definitely a smart move in terms of a link where you want people to type in and give you money. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear that you have a newsletter as well. I do. Yes. That's at newsletter.mollywhite.net. Uh, it's called White Space. And it's coming out roughly weekly. Uh, if you join the Patreon, you'll get it a little early, but everyone else can see it uh, for free a day later. There you go. I see you have uh, jumped on board the Matt Binder train of uh, loading your schedule up with way too many things to do. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> too many podcasts, too many newsletters, too many online projects. It's what am I, sometimes I think, what am I doing here? What am I? <laughs> I could have just come up with a crypto project and in three weeks made half a million dollars. You could have rug pulled Matt Binder Enu and would have been amazing. Yes. And I would have honestly made 
roughly uh, 150 years worth of what my Patreon is going to make me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Molly White, uh, people can find you on that Patreon page at that newsletter. And of course, uh, web3isgoinggreat.com. Uh, literally, I don't, at this point, I feel like telling people who listen to this show to go there, it's like, what are you doing if you're not going there? <laughs> yep. Uh, thanks again for joining me and, uh, can't wait to have you back. I feel like I waited too long. Gotta have you back sooner. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me. Now, the summer from hell might be wrapping up, but crypto winter continues into the fall. I'm going to obviously have to come up with something more catchy for the future episodes covering everything that goes down in this autumn season. I don't know. I'll come up with something spooky, I'm sure. But until then, folks, patreon.com slash mattbinder to financially support this show and help it grow. You can catch the Scam Economy live stream post show where I take calls either live if you're watching the live premiere of this episode on youtube or you can catch the replay anytime which is probably what most of you will catch at youtube.com slash and while you're there subscribe to the channel you can also watch the post show live stream with the call-ins at twitch.tv slash and while you're there follow the twitch channel as well and if you're an amazon prime subscriber why not take the minute to connect your amazon prime account to your Twitch account, which in turn gives you a free Twitch Prime subscription every month that you can give to your favorite creator. Basically, it costs you nothing extra and makes Amazon share the wealth with one of your favorite creators. I'm telling you this because I'm hoping you give it to me and Scam Economy, but just use it, please, on somebody. Don't let Amazon keep even more of your Amazon Prime subscription. Go to scameconomy.com for the links to the podcast audio-only versions of this show. Follow me on Twitter at Matt Binder. Follow Scam Economy on Twitter at Scam Economy. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you can. It only takes a second. It helps new listeners Find out about this show because your reviews push this show up on the Apple Podcasts and Spotify rankings. And with all that said, I hope you all had a wonderful summer, at least a better summer than crypto. And I'll see you all next time on The Scam Economy. (laughs) 